Welcome to the most energetic, positive, happy, and healthy podcast in the world. Living the dream. Dream stands for diet, rest, exercise, attitude, and meaning. I'm your host, certified health coach, motivational speaker, sober since July of 2016, American Ninja Warrior competitor, two-time world record holder, and ultra-marathoner, Matt Scaletti. Here we go! Welcome back to the Living the Dream podcast. I'm Matt Scaletti. I am here with Kelly John I, and it's spelled D-Z-A-N-A-J, and I've screwed it up four exactly. times already, but I got it right this morning, so now I'm excited. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly is the host of Afternoons on 100.7 Star in Pittsburgh from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. She grew up in the South Hills of Pittsburgh and got her degree from Penn State. I'm a Pitt fan, but we'll let it slide. Yeah. Kelly has been on the radio since 2010 and in the Pittsburgh market since 2013. And according to her, she is loving life. Welcome, yeah. Kelly. Thanks for having me, Matt. I am oh, so yeah. happy to be here. I'm such a longtime fan of this podcast, so I'm so happy to be a guest. Uh, I'm so excited you're on. Kelly, for those of you that are watching, has interviewed me a few times. This is the first time I'm really getting to know her. So we're recording it, and I can't wait to hear what she says. Uh, woo! Oh, yeah, get ready. Buckle up, buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I know nothing about your pre-radio life, and viewers and listeners probably don't know a lot either. So can you give us a little background of how Kelly became Kelly from 100.7? Absolutely. Well, I think that it was just kind of like a niche thing for me, considering I just have never shut up in my entire life. And someone <laughs> was like, we either need to send her away or pay her for this because... <laughs> It seems like a lot for her to do for free. So I went to Penn State with um, zero guidance. I, I really wanted to be a legal analyst, lawyer. I wanted to go into the law sector. I find the psychology of the human mind to be incredibly interesting. Mm -hmm. I love a good debate. I love negotiating. Um, I'm the daughter of one of, I think, one of the best negotiators ever, my, my own mother, who I think has maybe passed a couple of those <laughs> tactics on. But I went into um, college, at least, with, I don't want to say very little guidance, but just kind of an open mind. And then I Got to about, uh, let's say, sophomore year, going into my junior year when you have to like really buckle down and tell the world what you want to do. <laughs> I got a D ever for the, my first time in my entire life in business calculus, which threw off my curveball to go to business school at Penn State. One D. Oh my God. One D oh changed my, my entire life. <laughs> I went to the business. I went to the office hours every day, Matt. I tried so hard. It was just, as my dad says, it just wasn't clicking, and it was just never gonna click. So like, you were sucking up too. You were trying to suck. I was up. so bad. I was like bringing bagels to my professor, like just give me a C. I need to get into this business school. So I ended up not getting into the business school. He didn't care about me at all, obviously. But I, he obviously, he set me a good path. I ended up uh, going into the College of Communications at Penn State, and then I found really my niche with an internship up at Penn State. My junior year, I interned as just a producer runner for a morning show up there. And it's about like market 3 million. So it's very lax compared to what we do here in Pittsburgh. But what is market um, 3 million? What does that mean? Market 3 it, million? I mean, so Pittsburgh markets are, or I'm sorry, just markets in the country, radio stations are ranked on market. So obviously you want to be in the top 25, top 30, top 50. Um, we in Pittsburgh have kind of flirted with being in the top 25 but it changes every year because people move in, people move out, and it's obviously based okay. on our population. Yeah. Um, so we've been 23rd, 24th, 25th, and I think as of recent, 26th, but it's still just a great place to be, you know, obviously, yeah. no matter what, radio market or not. So I decided to take this internship. They took a chance on me. I was approaching graduation, and uh, I was getting paid at this point. So I was an actual employee after the year of my internship. And they were like, we really would love to keep you around. I wasn't ready to go home yet. So I was like, let's do it. Victory lap. They gave me a salary job. I was the co-host on their morning show. 
and I was in sales. So I sold advertising spots. I would get up at 4 a.m., go prep the morning show, do the morning show until 10 a.m. Then I had an hour to go home to my house, get a cup of coffee, get my slacks on, and then come back at 11, and I was a sales representative. And I made $19,000 doing that for oh two my. years. And we're, but, well, like... Were you loving it or was it like, oh my, I can't do this? It was incredible. I was so honored to get the opportunity. I was young. I was hungry for it. I wanted, there was no way. If you told me I was doing it for free, I would have been like, cool, just keep me here. Just the passion, I loved it. It was was something I knew I wanted to do and I couldn't do, especially in a market like Pittsburgh or really anywhere without a serious amount of experience. So I thought- this is just, this is invaluable to me. So this is what we're going to do. And then after two years, I decided to make the uh, decision to move back to Pittsburgh. Uh, I, the, just the rural farmland of State College was just getting to me. Your girl <laughs> needed them all. I needed like a, a taller building than like five stories. So I decided to move home and I applied to a couple jobs when I moved home, but jobs in the radio market are as hard to get as I assume like teaching jobs are because people don't leave them because they're smart. They just stay there and they retire. So I got a job back in Pittsburgh at an advertising agency that is owned by two of the most incredibly smart men in Pittsburgh, um, Trip Clark and Tim McLaughlin. They're incredible. It was a little boutique agency when I started there and I did just some client relations stuff with them and I was there for about six, seven months. And my friend Alista, who was my former intern. So this is just my biggest piece of advice. If you want to live the dream, don't burn any bridges. Oh, that's good advice. That's Yeah. You leave every workplace better than when you found it and make sure everyone there doesn't have a bad word to say about you. Because whenever she was doing nights at 100.7 star and a job opened where they wanted a female co-host on in the afternoon, and she reached out to me. We hadn't talked in a while, but I always loved her. She was my former intern and I kind of was, she was kind of my mentee at the time. And she said, I just think you're perfect for this. So I sent her my resume. She kind of, uh, you know, obviously could vouch for me being that I was her manager at one time. I got the job with uh, a guy named Flick, who was my host. Yeah, He He was with me for about two and a half years. He was let go. I've been there uh, ever since. And now a list is my manager. So how the tables have turned. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I never once thought that we would be back together and it's a total dream because she's one of my best friends. So she's on 10 to two and I'm on two to seven and yeah, she's my manager. (laughs) I love that. Great story. I love how that all came about. So you were, you've only been not in the radio world for six or seven months of your professional life. And then whenever I got that offer to go to Star, I remember going to Tim and Trip, and they just they loved how hungry I was, I think, and knew that my passion was there. And they were like, go, we'll root you on. And we're still very good friends, and we work together in kind of a creative space uh, with some of their clients, too. So we've remained really close, too. That is awesome. And when you say hunger, I mean, like, I get all excited because I'm like, I can still see it in you, like you look like you're as hungry now as when you were 19. Is that true? Is the hunger, are you more hungry? Are you about the same? I would would say I'm more only because I I think being in such a big market like Pittsburgh and actually getting into corporate radio and getting this opportunity, I, you realize that there are 10 people waiting for your job. There are literally, there's a line of people behind me being like, I'm better. I have an easier, I have a more flexible schedule. I don't have any responsibilities. Like I don't have a husband or a child. I could really be wherever you want me to be, you know? So, and I'm like, I can't let that girl or guy ever get my spot. So I need to be as good and as up to date and as sharp as I've ever been. Because I I think whenever I came into Pittsburgh, I just, there was a, I don't want to say an arrogance because if there was, I probably wouldn't be where I was, but there was kind of like a, well, I deserve this. I I did that for a couple of years. I deserve this. When in reality, that is just not the case for any, any career path. You don't deserve a single thing. The world does not owe you anything. You have to show up and kind of show the world that, yeah, she does deserve that because she busted her tail for the past couple months, making poverty level incomes, was barely about to pay her rent or, you know, couldn't, but you did. She made it work and she does deserve this. So you kind of just have to show up for yourself. Oh, that's so good. Well, so just because we're on this, do you have any advice for somebody since you told your story of, 
you were in college. I think there's plenty of people in college that have no idea what they want to do. Sure. But any advice on people that are thinking about going into, it could be your industry or any industry, and they're just not quite sure what they want to do. Uh, oh, hey, there's your hubby. Well, I'm just going to yeah. say that. There he goes. <laughs> there he is. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Real uh, life, baby. That's real life. That's right. I would say, um, really, my advice to just people not even wanting to go into radio, just people of that age group, I think there's a lot of pressure on you to know what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And I just want to let you know, none of us know what we're doing. <laughs> so, Amen to that. I'm with is, you. I love it. We're, we're all flying by the seat of our pants. So enough with the pressure of making any tw late 19, early 20-somethings to ever dictate their entire lives. Because I am 32 years old and I wake up every day thinking, should I have done that? Should I get into this? And I feel like you need to remain hungry in that way. And I think we should normalize that way of thinking because I think that falling in love in your 40s and restarting your career in your 50s, I think it should be something that we kind of perpetuate because it is not abnormal to do that. So go at your own pace. And I would say radio is incredibly frustrating <laughs> at the beginning because you do think that you deserve it all. And you think that that salary has to be a joke. Like you literally are like, that's <laughs> you no, know, no. And I, like I said, I started in a market that was very small and that was all they could give to me, but they wanted me to be there. So I think that hindsight's twenty twenty. Remember that what you're doing is not in vain and that every single event you go stand at in 110 degree heat, getting paid minimum wage, it's <laughs> going to get you to the next, there's someone watching and there's a reason that you're there because if your energy is good enough and people want you there, I have watched an insane amount of people get on air specifically in Pittsburgh. Not that, that may not have been the absolute best on air resume that we've ever heard, but have had such an infectious, good, positive energy that we just want them in the building all the time and we can groom them. You know what I mean? We can, yeah. we can help, we can help work out the kinks, but if you're just a regular person who is just a good infectious vibe, bring it on in. Cause I will say to flip that script, I've watched just as many incredible people on air lose their job because they were not a team player because there was a constant negativity because they didn't want good for anyone but themselves. And I've watched, I truly have watched the best in the business walk out of that building with their careers ended so abruptly because they just could not get it together enough to become a positive source. You have to be a mentor in this industry and people have to want to be in the same room as you, or they're also not going to listen to you. Cause I mean, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're one of a million radio stations in Pittsburgh. You have to have, you know, people have want, they, they want to want to come to you, you yeah. know, for lack of a better term, there's other options. So if you're going to be a cranky curmudgeon, then, you know, it's very, <laughs> they could just switch you over quickly. Yeah. You know, remember. I think that's, but I think that's great advice in any business world, right? Sure. I mean, it's the, the energy is infectious. And honestly, one of the first things, I mean, I remember listening to you, I've listened to you for years, but I didn't know you personally. And I remember saying to my wife and to myself, if I ever met her, like her energy cannot be like that 24 seven. And now knowing you and seeing you many times off the air, it is. Get, I appreciate that. It's just the truth. I mean, I'm speaking 1000% truth. And how do you do it? Is that, do you ever have, do you ever have that day where it's like, Today sucks, but I got to smile and just be ready. 100%. Absolutely. And I have to say something that I kind of always keep in the back of my mind is I have been very blessed in my life. I have been, I, I don't, those blessings are not lost on me. So whenever I go on air every day, I have to remember that there are people listening who may not and who will never be as blessed as I am every day whenever I wake up. And you know what they need? They need someone on their team. They need someone to shut up about the awful things in life and just focus on the good. Make me laugh. Distract me. Let me be your escape. There is a girl on her way to cancer treatment listening to me. There is a mom going to bury someone. There is, there's, there's so many worse things that are happening in life. And although they're not happening in my bubble, I'm very cognizant they are, they are happening around me. So if someone tunes into me for that simple escape, 
that is the pressure that I will take on every day to be that simple escape because I do what I do is so incredibly easy to what the people and the doctors and the surgeons and all of our healthcare workers and frontline workers have done over the past couple months. What I do is it's, I'm a peon compared to them, but if they can tune in for one second and forget about the person who yelled at them because they asked someone to wear a mask today, then I'm doing it. <laughs> tune in and I, I will that. figure escape. Oh, that's so good. So that's the, if you're going live at two and it's been a rough day until one fifty, you utilize that mindset. mindset. Boom. That's How do you learn mindset. that? Did you Every learn? Single day. Was that like upbringing? Did you just come up? Did somebody teach you that? One of your mentors? How do you, cause I, I love that. It's such a great idea. The empath in me is definitely my mom because she always wanted to like, let me know the, how blessed I was. And that also, we also did a lot of volunteering when I grew up and we went to soup kitchens and we mm. were at constant donation drives. And there was always a, there was, she always, again, wanted to show me, this is what you have, but look what you could have and look what other people have. And let's make sure that those people are never forgotten. And there still is, she's generous to a fault. So I think that I can really, really model that behavior from her because I think it's important really. And it's what I've decided to instill in my own daughter and in my own relationship. If you, if you put yourself in other people's shoes, especially now, it's a lot easier to go through life because there's not, not a lot of confusion in your head. You're just thinking, you know what? That lady who was real testy and giant eagle just now could have lost my mind, but she's in scrubs. And I'm pretty sure she's just got done working after 24 hours. Who would be in a good mood? Mm -hmm. Like there's, if, if we could just do that a little bit more, I think the world would probably just be a more tolerable place. Oh, I agree. You're, there's so many nuggets in here. You're just a wealth of great info. I love this. Oh, I'm, like, I'm like giddy over here. I never got a chance to ask you all these. So I'm all excited. All right. So, here. oh yeah. So give us... And I'm going to ask you the flip side too, just so you know. So give us the best and, and worst, maybe it's a funny worst or real worst part of your job. Uh, the best would have to be the amount of people that I get to meet, the stories that I get to hear, the incredible confidence that people have in me with their utmost information. <laughs> I, I love how I have become like a totally unlicensed therapist. And if there's a therapist listening right now, they're like, no, that's scary. <laughs> you should not be guiding anyone. And that's probably the truth. But I would have to say, meeting an insane amount of people and meeting the most insane people. I mean, and I work with a lot of them because they just... There's a lot of different personalities. I thrive on other people's energies. I'm a total extrovert in that sense. So to have that many different, even if they're not all positive, I kind of like to have that mixing pot of people around me at all given times. Um, and I love that no day is the same in our job. Every single day is different. Now, in the world of COVID, it's become annoyingly different because the break, like news is breaking so quickly that I, 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 what I could say at one point, 20 minutes later, it's totally false because that's just, <laughs> there's a new order. We're drinking, uh, there's a different drink max at a restaurant. You know, there, there's different everything, but I feel like we're all flying by the seat of our pants there. That's true. You know, I can't help that. And people I think are empathetic of that or sympathetic, but I would have to say the worst part <sighs> would have to kind of, would have to be egos. I'm not good with egos because again, the, going back to what I said a couple minutes ago about how I don't think that the world owes us anything. The fact that anyone can walk in those doors and speak to their peers with any sort of ego as if we are not all on the same level, that we're all not doing the exact same thing. And I don't want to say that in terms that I don't respect my elders because certainly I do, but I, and I respect people in this industry who have made it their life because that is incredibly impressive in a, in a world in a, such a digital world as we are living in today. But I, I, I just, I have zero tolerance for egos. So I find myself maybe the worst part about my personality coming out when an ego confronts me or I know one is in the room because I don't feel as though that I feel people who don't want to mentor people who feel like they should be bowed to. It's like, again, I don't want to not, I don't want to disrespect your career because I think it's incredibly impressive, but it's hard for me to celebrate you whenever you celebrate yourself <laughs> 10 times harder. No, that's, so I, I'm so glad you're bringing this up because I got to ask a follow-up question. I'm, my mind sure. is just going. Sure. So in the, it could be college, it could be business, anything. I struggle with this too. If there's four or five 
upbeat extrovert people in a room and somebody comes in as, as a pessimist or egotistical, you could almost feel the room sure. change. And I struggle with, I need to keep being me in those situations and not sort of succumb to that energy going down. Can you do that? Like, are you able to stay Kelly 1000% or is that tough? I think I do think I can stay Kelly. I can stay, stay the straight and narrow because like I said, if I stopped being me every time that a negative ego walked into the room in my industry, I would not, I would just be constantly pummeled. But what I do think that I have, I do, and I don't know, I know that it's a fault, but it's also not changing. It's like one of those things where it's like, okay, we all have faults and this is just mine. I become almost defensive in a way that there's a sass that comes about me where these certain men and women probably think that I am a little bit sassy, but there's just like a, well, I'm not going to act. I'm not going to be better than you in your mind, nor do I want to be because I don't find this to be a competition, but (laughs) I will show you that your ego is maybe unwarranted because there's someone else in the room who may be just as great. You know, I but I, I don't feel the need. I will never have an ego. I still find it so silly when people are like, oh my God, you're a celebrity. I just, I think that the whole celebrity mindset, even though I am so insanely obsessed with pop culture, this may seem like, just like I'm lying to you, but I promise it's not. I, I think the whole celebrity mindset, the fact that I've been given this privilege to stand behind the mic every day, that's what it is. It's simply a privilege. There is no celebrity. I'm living the same exact life you do. I'm, I'm getting up every day. I'm changing poopy diapers. I'm, (laughs) I'm, you know, I'm disagreeing with my husband. There are things that happen in my life that are the exact same things. If I was a celebrity, I would be, you know, driving the black G wagon in a huge (laughs) million dollar property overlooking the West Coast. That's not that's not the life I'm living here, and I never and I and I don't want it to be. I think that the the reason anyone would come to me over anyone else is that there's just a real. I'm living the same life you are, so they just were stupid enough to give me a mic to talk. <laughs> you know, I love that. I, and actually, you're the first person that I've interviewed that has had a much better mic than me. You know that. So I, know. I do. You have me. I'll one be the only there. one. I promise. It's you, only because I'm we're broadcasting from home. <laughs> Okay, so if anybody's heard you on the radio, or if they haven't, you're very, it's one of the things I admire about you, you're so quick-witted when people call in. I know you don't know who's calling in, they're coming out of left field, and you're able to build this rapport with them in 15 seconds, and I'm thinking with some sort of joke or lighthearted comment, and and I just think it's awesome, and I got to ask you, did that take... Did you just boom, you knew it? Or did it take years to be able to build up? That's a craft. That's a craft. Yeah. By no means am I saying I woke up one day and I was just just shooting off. (laughs) That just, that did not happen. I think that you're, especially in radio, you have to remember in being in in music radio is different that we have, we have short talk breaks. We're not, we're not podcasting. We're not on a talk station, news station, we have very little time to make our point, to start, to start the story, tell the story, hit the punchline and get back to the song. Because I am also cognizant of the fact that people come to star not for me. They come because they like our music and they would like me to get there quicker. So <laughs> I, need, I'm, I, have to, I have to kind of respect those people and I always will, that come for the music and the people who are coming for me because I don't want to lack on either product. If you're coming for me, then I'll make sure that you get some wit. If you're coming for Camille Cabello, then I'll get back to her quickly. <laughs> just give me one second, you know? Yes. There, I, just, I have to say that that was definitely something that, that was a craft that was built upon. No, I'm, that makes sense. And I want no music. I want all Kelly, just so you know. Oh, that's you're all so good. Thank God, we, thank God for the podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we, we get mad when music comes on. We're like, hey, come on. You want to listen to Kelly. <laughs> All right, so help us understand. I was in your studio once, and it was one of the coolest experiences, and I jokingly but kind of seriously said I want to spend a day with you to see what you do on Please. a daily basis. So can you, can you help us? And maybe you need to do a little pre-COVID versus COVID because sure. clearly you're in your home right now. Can nothing's you give normal. us a – No, nothing's normal. But can you give us a – a day in the life of, sure. of Kelly 
Sure. Pre-COVID, I went into our studios in Green Tree in Foster Plaza, Building 5, and I would get there around 11, 11.30, and what I've noticed in these past couple months is that I would get there simply to socialize with my coworkers, and I did not need to get there that early <laughs> because I've become very much efficient in what I do at home because I have to be with a two-year-old running around, and I've noticed that I just went in there to escape said two-year-old. <laughs> like, my husband's literally like, you needed three hours before your show. I watch you prep a show like when you're laying on the couch watching Shark Tank. I'm like, I know, but it's just me getting out of the house. <laughs> One less diaper. But now that you know that and I've been called out, cool. Still Your going honesty. in at 11. Yeah, exactly. Your honesty is the best. Yeah, that's, it's just true. And uh, so I would go in around 11, 1130, kind of, you know, make it to my cube, log in, um, start my show prep. We have a very close relationship with our sales reps and our sales staff because we worked with them through appearances and endorsements and stuff. So there would always be a slew of questions either I needed to answer or ask. So I would go over to our sales side and as soon as they see you, there's a million questions for you and again, vice versa. So that usually took a little bit of time. Then make my way back to my cube, start prepping my show, all my segments, set up all my guests, make sure everyone's organized, set up, uh, yeah, everything. And then I would go into the studio around 1.30 to just kind of banter, talk to Alista who's on before me, see how she's doing, how her show went, the feel of the audience that day. She has a very different audience than I do from being from 10 to 2 because she has a lot of lunch listeners, which is obviously people who are leaving their office to go to lunch. And I have people who are either listening at their desk or they're on their way home. So our programming is different, obviously, because your mindset's different from 10 to 2 than it is 2 to 7. But I always like to kind of go in there and gauge how Pittsburgh's feeling that day. Um, I will say being the most summer, sunny summer we've ever had, Weather directly affects the Pittsburgh mood. It just always has. If it's raining when I'm on my way to work, I'm like, I'm screwed. I'm screwed. <laughs> no one's picking up the phone. Everyone hates their life. I feel like I'm really missing out on these days. Like, But then again, I can't guarantee that the moods are any different being in the current climate. But True. that's why we're here. Just tune in. Uh, so I would say, and then I'm on air from two to seven. I'm just rip roaring through calls. You've been in studio. It's a pretty, pretty high energy area. I'm alone in studio, which is sometimes tough for me because I used to have a host, but I love being the host. So I just kind of love when people stop in and people do throughout the day. And then at seven o'clock I leave I'm home by seven 30 and then it's turn around, do it all over again. Now in the, in the, in the, light of the pandemic, I've been working from home since March 23rd. So um, I'm pretty sure you said that this episode will be out in a couple weeks in August. And I, all I'm going to say is it is a lot different. <laughs> There's no escaping your life when you're home. Uh, we didn't have childcare until like mid-June. So there was, my husband is in sales and I am obviously here, so we need a lot of silence, and that's hard to get with a toddler. So there was a lot of lot of screen time, like more like her brain is mush. Probably we've now <laughs> taken away the tablet because like go outside and like use chalk. We need you to like rework your brain after that. It needs to work. Like we're like, is we doing permanent damage? I was googling like permanent damage with iPad and toddler. And they're like, uh, their eyesight maybe, but not their brain. And I'm like, okay, cool. We're good on that. We can buy you contacts. It's like a good insurance. And, uh, so we, at that time it was a lot of frustrations because we were working out the kinks, but, uh, obviously being here for four or five months, we've kind of just, we're operating, we're firing all cylinders. Now we have childcare, we have a babysitter Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then my very gracious mother watches the baby Wednesday, Fridays, and we have an aunt uh, local who takes her on Mondays. So it's just, it's been crazy and it's been reworking everything. But like I said, our schedule, reworking our schedule pales in comparison to the schedules that have to uh, parents who have had to homeschool or they haven't had off. They've had to go to work while their kids are home. So obviously they're the real MVPs, but we're all reworking it. <laughs> That's, well, reworking, I think is the perfect way to say it. And I'm just thinking about when, when I was in the studio, my wife and I were in there, and you have 7,000 buttons. And as you're having a conversation with us off air, you're editing the piece that you just did with us while you're playing a song and you're saying something. And I'm just like, oh, my God. You, it, but now I, you hear, I hear you on the radio, and it sounds just as good. So Thank you. you have a huge like soundboard that you're looking at, or is it just 
you just need a mic and a headset and a computer and that's it. Well, we do like VPNing in. So we, I can see everything that you're hearing. Um, I will say I will take no credit for the tightness of all the audio and how all the sweepers and stuff and all the imaging run over songs, because that is our incredibly talented and smart engineering team that worked out all these kinks when we all, they first sent us all home. I have zero control over anything but my audio. My mixer, I wish I could just like turn around this laptop, but it would be hard. I have a mixer that has a one mic little slide up. Again, with the studio, I have five. Um, one for each finger right now. I just have a little one and I got a little knob <laughs> that's for my mic and a little tiny knob that's for my my headphones. Literally, we have simplified so much that we have all like, we, they say that we're rumored to go back in September. We all said that like, n we just hope no one listens our first day back because none of us are going <laughs> to know how to, oh, I've never been taken away from the board for six months in my entire life. Like I'm going to need to go in that Sunday just to like, move around buttons because it is, it's all muscle memory. And I, whenever we're training new board ops and new talent in studios, they're always like, Oh my God, you do that so fast. And I'm like, please do, please know that you're not doing it this fast. It took me years to do it this fast and be able to turn off one side of my brain to edit while you guys are in studio. To, and it's just not distracting to me anymore. But anyone who's new, we never walk into a studio because there's just, there's utmost focus on what you're doing. You can tell. I mean, it's so, I wish somebody could see just a video of you for two minutes at work because it's, my wife and I were just blown away by that. And we will definitely be listening the first day back. I mean, oh, we're excited. We got to get everybody that listens to this. Listen to Kelly's first right. day back. It's going to be awesome. I'll keep in touch whenever, whenever we know when that day is. <laughs> okay, good. You're going to lie to me, but that's okay. I am. I'm going to be like, oh, Christmas. <laughs> Christmas day. <laughs> I will. All right. So give, give me, we've heard a lot of your story, which has been insanely awesome. What's one habit that you either put in place years ago that you still do? Give us a, a habit that people can take away for, to be able to reach their goal, their dream. If it's a job, if it's a lifestyle, whatever, is there a habit that you consistently do or have done that just yes. must do? 100% and I've real I never realized it was a, ta a habit until I moved home. Uh, I'm an over planner. Mm -hmm. I think when you are over prepared, you are unstoppable. Mm -hmm. I don't think that anyone you, I've never been nervous to start a show because I've never been like, Oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm saying today. I've already amply like I've, I've amplified my show planning times 10. Because if you are underprepared, then the person who's better than you that is standing behind me for this job right now is just <laughs> laughing and waiting. So always be overprepared. And if you think that you're too prepared, you're not. Keep going. I, when I tell you that my husband is, will look at me when I'm laying on the couch for you know, those, that half hour that I get every day, and he's like, don't you just want to put down your phone? And I said, every single day I want to put down my phone, but I'm looking, I need a breaking news. I need, I'm show prepping. I'm, I'm taking notes. I'm always, I'm watching people's interactions at Giant Eagle. I'm kind of taking in the, the world around me. I'm always prepping my show. And I feel like that's and whenever we were talking before about being hungrier or kind of just stale than I was at the beginning. I'm hungrier because I'm constantly doing my job. There's, I'm never turning it off. And I feel like if you, if you leave that mindset, then you, when you can turn it off, and I do think it's healthy to turn off your job. My, my career is a lot different than a lot of others. Um, I feel like when you turn it off and you're not show prepping anymore, then you're doing your audience a disservice because if you're really going to be as real as you're saying, and you really are going to walk people through your life every day, my life isn't just two to seven. You know, it, there's a lot happens when I'm off air a lot happens in the mornings. My mornings are total chaos. So I think that if just don't turn it off, especially if you're in radio and if you're, but, but I, I, I talk out of both sides of my mouth because I think <laughs> it's incredibly healthy for people, especially if you're still working from home to shut the laptop. And I do that on the weekends, but you know, since being home, I adopted a Saturday shift. Mm. Weekend radio is something I hadn't done in years, but it's a lot more lax and fun and you know, I think just take those simple joys away from it, but always over-prepare. Do that's not good. stop planning. <laughs> and get a shower in the morning. Don't, don't skip your shower because that shower is great thinking time and it wakes you up every single morning. 
I agree with you. And I think that over-preparing, that's so, so, so huge. Uh, I could probably use a little more of that myself. I will say doing interviews, what I'm learning is it takes a lot of preparation to yeah. know about who I'm talking to. And I, and I have a newfound respect for you and for everybody that does interviews because it actually, I think it takes, it may take more work to prepare for one than if somebody's interviewing me. It's crazy. 100%. Absolutely yeah. it does. But I also think that interviewing, what I like being on both sides, but I'm never on this side, but the being in your shoes, I, it's made me a better listener because I'm hanging on to every word that the person's saying because I'm, I'm thinking about your follow-up questions. So there is a great trait that's being built in you with these interviews. You yeah, just don't wild. realize it. <laughs> so what's, have you ever been, just because you're bringing it up, I'm curious, have you ever not been prepared and just got punched in the mouth from oh, two one, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Whenever some, whenever like a, a, an artist manager doesn't get back to us until 30 seconds before they want interviewed and I'm like, oh, we'll bring them in. <laughs> um, unfortunately enough, I know a lot about the artists that we play because uh, again, going back to what I said about being pop culture obsessed, it's unhealthy. <laughs> and probably pathetic. Actually, definitely pathetic. But um Yes, I, I've been thrown into those. And what I, what I have to say is that I go straight to their wiki page and I find out about their family because I found that people love to talk about their families mm. if, if they have a good relationship, obviously. And if they don't, you know that because it's been plastered all over People Magazine, you know? <laughs> so I, especially as, as a mom now, I, I find it very easy to just go for the kids. I'm like, talk to me about being a mom in this industry and then everyone. I mean, that's how mom bloggers started. They just love talking about being a mom. So I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, that should get me through the first five minutes of this interview. You know? Well, what's the best part of being a mom? Now I got to ask. Uh, I would say just watch. I think it's weird. I think it's still very weird that we have the ability to make children mm -hmm. uh, and have little us's running around. I think, I think teaching them and not thinking that you're teaching them and then that coming back to me. And then, you know, realizing where you're like, can you say please? Or, you know, she's two. So we're still very much working on the say, please be gentle, you know, wait your turn, make sure you share that. And having to not say it anymore and kind of watching your parenting come to life, I think is probably my favorite part. Oh, that's like, cool. oh my God, I'm not doing a terrible job. Because a lot <laughs> of the time you think you're doing a terrible job. <laughs> so she says, please, do you just melt? Is it like, oh my God. I mean, God. yeah, but I do, I don't want to act like I got the, I got the kid who's like, you know, hands properly on her knees all the time. We'll be like, what do you say? There's some prompting involved, but you know, <laughs> even if, if we're getting back what we're prompting for, then again, parenting when check it off. <laughs> so what's, what is, what's next? I'm, I'm so curious. Is it like, if you were, in on this radio show for the next 30 years, would you just be like, that is the life that I want? It'd be perfect. Is there something else out there? Like what's, what's next? What are you looking forward to? I love, love where I am right now. And I do think it's important to always strive for better. Uh, but I, love our, uh, where I am. I loved morning radio, but I also love our morning radio show now that we have on our station. So I, it's like, I don't want to change anything because I don't want anyone to go anywhere. I very much <laughs> like, like where we're aligned at the moment. Um, my shift is a dream being right now, you know, being in the afternoon and kind of getting those mornings with my daughter. So I would, I would say, I love that. Uh, we only want to grow our family. So I, I can't say what will be, you know, what will align for us in a year or so, but I love podcasting. I think it's just a great, great utility for people to be able to kind of, you know, do these interviews, learn more about people. I listen to them religiously. I don't find them to be a competitor to local radio. I think that people go to a podcast and local radio for two different things. Um, so I know that I know the older generation of radio is very intimidated by podcasting because they're like, no, please not anything new, but radio <laughs> didn't die when Napster came around. Like everyone thought it was going to, we only got bigger. And in a market like Pittsburgh, people want local. I mean, no one wants to hear what X, Y, and Z in LA is doing. They want to know the local traffic, the local issues, especially now more than ever. So I would have to say, what's next? I would love to start a podcast. Um, I would love to 
have a lot. I think that women in my industry specifically are, I don't want to say overlooked because I think that we're given our chance, but I would love to give a, a louder, longer voice to them. Oh, we got to do it. I'm going to push yeah. you. I'm going to be texting you every day. Did you start it? <laughs> did, did you start it yet? <laughs> what, what, would, do. What, would, what would be, would you interview? Would you do different content? What, what's the I, idea? I, I would like it to be kind of, Alyssa and I have thrown around a lot of ideas, uh, being that we kind of wanted to make it like the off air content that we're not allowed to talk about on oh, off air. Yeah. Um, to, and it be called off air. Uh, oh. So it would just be, I want it to be kind of a lifestyle theme. Talk about the things that are going on in our marriages, in our lives, in the world, and just nothing's off limits. If it, I'm not a political person, but if something would come up like that, you know what I mean? I kind of just wanted to be free flowing. And again, I just think that, I think that there's a lot of space in the podcasting world. And I, I, you know, and I think that there's a lot of different voids and that's another reason why I love your podcast because there's very few that focus on people's backstories and positivity all at the same time. And I think we just need more of it. We need more people like you, Matt. <laughs> we do. Thank you for saying that. I'm glad you stuck to the script and you said yeah, what I wanted you to is say. That I is that it? That, that's <laughs> all it? <laughs> the email said. That's right. <laughs> that's, you know, what's really interesting is the, the fact that you just said some people think podcasting is competitive with radio, I never even thought of that until you just said that. And it's kind of like, oh, crap. Yeah. Should I have asked Kelly to be on this podcast? Oh, my God. Now, I see that's <laughs> the thing. I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. Because whenever I'm listening to a podcast, especially because everything is so perfectly filed in for topics and, you know, the genre of each, they come, they, you go to the same podcast, same way you go to a radio station because you know that they play the music that you like. You do not listen to a podcast over music. You're in a two different mindsets. I feel like I whenever you come to either one, you know, I, that's why I, I do not feel as though it's a competitor. And that, that's why I always like to go back to the Napster example. When we were all illegally downloading music on Napster, everyone was like, well, there goes radio. Shut her down. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and, you know, where's Napster today? Nowhere. So don't worry about it. We're not going anywhere. And I hope that every single podcaster, future radio person is listening right now and is thinking, just get the mic. Matt and I were talking about it before we started, you know, get it on Amazon. Take the first jump. That's the least you can do. You I, I think that's such a powerful thing because for everyone that's listening, I used I don't have a mic as my excuse for at least six months. I don't have a mic. I don't know what I'm doing. When Amazon couldn't bring it to your doorstep right. in yeah, right. two days. It's insane though. I couldn't believe that held me back for so long. So I'm glad you said that because I, I made that mistake for a while. And okay. excuses are everywhere. We all have them. You're right. <laughs> all right. Last question. Then we're going to wrap up. Sure. What I, I know, and this is really how I met you. You've helped out. My wife has a charity and you've been such a supporter, but you've been such a supporter of so many charities. It's called local love, right? That you yep. do. It was that tell everyone please what that is, because I think it just encapsulates you. And was that your idea to start it? And what is it? Because I think it's so powerful. 100%. See, I would like to wrap my arms around our entire city and all of our friends in the nonprofit sector and help them out all nonstop. But unfortunately, I have a job, not unfortunately, fortunately, I have a job and a, a couple other things, you know, that I handle on the side, i.e. that human, that small <laughs> human. So I decided to, I decided to just kind of funnel in my efforts into a daily segment called local love because I didn't, I wanted to make sure that there was always a space for anyone that couldn't afford airtime to come on my show free of charge, tell me their mission and what I can help with. I think that our city is different than many others in the fact that nonprofits are not competing with each other. There's very much a, a warm hug to everyone in that sector. And I have also met so many people, um, your wife, Steph, um, Young Adult Cancer Support, and then into Young Adult Survivors United, Beverly's Birthdays, I mm -hmm. mean, Autism Speaks, the cancer, the uh, Susan G. Komen, every single one of these organizations has become so powerful to me because of the people that run it in that they're doing it simply as a passion project. And you know, because you live with one, but I think that a lot of people think that the people in nonprofits are just there for their job. And I can guarantee you no one is in a nonprofit sector as no one is in radio for the money. 
that's not why we're here. That's not why anyone starts it because there's, there's, there's a passion there. So whenever I built the segment, I kind of just wanted people to be able to come in without a contract, without a sales rep. They just could come into the studio. They could call in whatever was more convenient for them. And I would give them two to three minutes of my time and of the city's time on the airwaves. And I'm telling you, I have met some incredible people, especially being home because I've kind of focused it to companies and nonprofits that were helping our local communities, whether it be the frontline essential workers or, you know, the food, our incredible food bank locally and what they've done, the Western PA diaper bank. I didn't even realize that we had the same thing, but for diapers, for families that couldn't afford uh, formula and diapers. And I, I'm, I learn more about these incredible people every day. So I urge anyone who has a cause to please reach out to me. I'd love to give you that, that little venue. Yeah. I'm glad you gave that plug because that's, I mean, I've never, I've never heard of anyone doing anything like that. And for you to reach out and help so many people, I, I just hope you know how much it means to my wife. And I'm sure there's hundreds of stories of people you've helped. And I think it's such a powerful stance that you, that you have on the air. It's beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. My, yeah. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you to everyone else who does the work. All I do is allow you, allow you a venue to talk, but I, it's, it's given me the opportunity to meet so many cool people. So it's helping me just as much, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All yeah. right. I call it the power five. We're doing rapid fire. Last five questions and I'll let you go. Cool. It's actually going to be power six because I have a random question of just because you were talking about artists that come in with 30 seconds ahead of time and all that. Who's the best person you've interviewed? Uh, best person. Well, that, that we may know, like we may. We uh, Taylor, Taylor Swift, I would oh, have really? to say. She, she's, she comes down so far from her pedestal. She's the coolest, most down to earth. It wasn't an interview. It was a conversation that I would have had with a friend. Oh. Uh, it, it started with her. I remember she complimented me on my dress and I was like, I got it from Target. And she's like, I love Target. And I'm like, no, you don't. You're Taylor Swift. <laughs> you love designers. But thank you so much for being real. So I oh, don't think Taylor cool. was the most fun. I don't think I've, of any celebrity, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say anything bad about her. She just seems like an amazing person. That's cool. Yeah, there's not much bad to say about her, and her mom's just okay. as cool. Oh, I love that. Okay, Taylor Swift. I'm on the bandwagon. I already was, go. but I'm more so now. More Swifties now. Yeah, more Swifties. <laughs> okay, here's the five. First one, how do you want to be remembered? We're going as deep. Someone who included everyone. And, and someone who everyone, what, everyone felt comfortable with and anyone felt like they could reach out to and either ask of me or ask me to be a part of something. I just want to be everyone's friend. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. What are you most thankful for? It could be anything. Uh, my husband's support. I, this is, it's a weird, weird occupation to have. And whenever we met, I was not in radio. It was, when we met, it was in those six months that I was out of it. So I don't think that he ever knew what he was signing up for, but I would have to say without his utmost support in everything I did and a swift kick in the butt, whenever I was unsure, I don't, I would not sit, be sitting here talking to you a hundred percent. I owe it all to him. Oh, that's awesome. Very, very cool. Does he know that? I mean, I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> no, I'm he's going to listen to this episode. He's already going to listen. I'll send him the link and just be like, fast forward. <laughs> okay. If I see Kelly, once the world gets back to normal, at a wedding reception, what is her go-to dance move? Oh, uh, hands in the air so much so that my friends are like, put them down because I drink red wine and I feel like, you know, there's a lot of spillage. <laughs> hands in the air, constantly waving them. I mean, there's like a lot of movement and I've never, ever not been on the dance floor. So if we're ever at a wedding together, I'm either at the bar or on the dance oh, floor. Oh, that's amazing. I could just see you. So hands are always- up. Always in the air. Handle, <laughs> there's a lot of hip movement and you got to keep it family friendly, but you know, read the room. See your audience. <laughs> Plus, you did a nice job of actually acting out what, for those of you watching on video, she's acting this thing out. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Woo! You. Your seat We're dancing. Partying. I like <laughs> Always. What, what's been the biggest setback that you've overcome? Um, I would have to say the setback would be, I mean, I don't want to say it was a setback because I think it kind of propelled me into the next but whenever I lost my host, I was very much in my own head. Like this is, and then this is it. I just had zero confidence. Um, I wasn't, it wasn't a very confident, positive atmosphere for me. So I think I just kind of got used to that. Uh, but it ended up not being a setback. So that's what, that's like my, my weird 
moral of the story. That setback is not one. You're, whoever is in your head is convincing you that it is one, but I have a feeling that instead of a setback, it's just pushing you five steps further. You just weren't ready. So you'll be ready. You'll become ready. Oh, you that's so good. Yeah, you're right. There's no other choice. But I, yeah, exactly. I, that. I wrote down, I, I wasn't even going to bring it up just because you said it. I wrote down that the D in that calculus class was like the best thing to ever happen in your ever. life, right? Ever again, a setback. Whenever yeah. I, whenever I thought that, I was like, "Well, there goes everything. There yeah. goes my plan." <laughs> and then, uh, lucky for me, I, I got a new plan, and then I overprepared that plan. Oh, you're putting it all together. I like this. Yeah, I, I saw that. Okay, last <laughs> one. Who is your hero? My mom. 100%. She's gotten through. She is uh, going on eight years completely sober. She was oh. at the, the, the depths of her, of her being. Um, she was kind of forced into early retirement and there were a lot of things that happened into her job, but she's one of the most successful. There's not a single thing you could throw at that woman and she won't just punch it right in the face and just be like, that's funny. Keep, keep it coming. <laughs> uh, and I just, I, I find her to be incredibly inspiring. I'm waiting for something to take her down. Not that I ever wanted to come, but I'm just like, it's amazing to me. Just one thing after the other. So I would have to say my mom. Oh, that's awesome. And good for her. Congratulations to her. Eight years. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's incredible to watch. Well, thank you for opening up and sharing all this. That's so much that I did not know about you. And I can't wait to listen to this back. I'm excited. Uh, how do people... So 100.7 from 2 to 7 p.m. You got it. If people want to connect with you on top of that, is there what's social yes. media? What are you most active in? I'm at Kel on Air, K-E-L on Air on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can always email me, Kelly at starpittsburgh.com. And uh, yeah, well, you can also stream us on radio.com. Stream on radio.com. A bunch of different ways to connect. Yep. With Kelly. I'm everywhere. It's you easy. are everywhere. It's so true. <laughs> well, thank you for your time, Kelly. John, I got, you got it. it. Yes. I told you you get it. I know. I cheated. I looked at my cheat sheet here, but I got it. <laughs> Thanks for your time. You're the best. Thank you, Matt. Oh, yeah. So much. Love this podcast. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to another episode of Living the Dream with Matt Scaletti. I'm so grateful for you. Please share this podcast on your social media so others can benefit from this valuable content. Also, please subscribe to my podcast because if you aren't, I am watching you. <laughs> Check me out on social media and message me if you need me as your keynote speaker at Matt Scaletti on social media. I respond to all messages. Thanks and I love you so much. Oh, 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 oh,